Welcome back, everybody. Uh, welcome to the New Year's. I guess we already had our 2020 recap in the New Year's, but uh, it's been a while since we've started going regular, so uh, we're back. We're having a good time, and uh, we're trying to make these uh, more regular with the Triangle Anime and Manga Review Podcast. I'm Logan. Here with me today is Ozzy Sporting. I don't know. Are those new glasses? They seem very shiny. Yeah, they are. I just well, they're old new glasses. I've had them before. I just bought them again because I lost them previously. Okay, I actually went shopping recently with the to the sunglasses hut and uh, nice. decided not to spend four hundred dollars on sunglasses. Probably so, not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're prescription. I don't. I, I would had, not. I, would I didn't not, realize how fucking yeah. expensive sunglasses were. They can be. Yeah. Damn. I like to keep my uh, glasses cheap, and I've only bought... I have luckily... I was telling this to somebody yesterday, the other day. I have had the same pair of sunglasses for almost 10 years now. Really? Since I graduated college, I bought my Ray-Bans right after I graduated, kind of like a Christmas... A graduation present to myself, and I mm-hmm. still have them to this day. So I just buy the cheapo sunglasses. I'm just like I used to, but I would lose those. But then I yeah. bought really nice ones, and I said maybe this will help me hold on to them. And apparently, yeah, it apparently has. it does. So. Yeah, that's fair. Do you wear your sunglasses out at night? Is that some? It depends how I feel. You yeah, know? just how much of an asshole you want to be that day. I yeah, don't know. that's true. <laughs> Sometimes I walk around, maybe run into vampires, you know, who knows. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, that'll be something we talk about later. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, we're back. Uh, we're happy to be uh, getting back into the swing of things. If you uh, watched our last episode, that was a recap, like Logan said. And um, we were we had a few breaks before that, but we're going to be back into the normal, regular release schedule of maybe, you know, once every two to three weeks. Um, and luckily having new topics to talk about and obviously a new season after this season that we wrap up now, which I guess is the winter season assuming, for 2022. Well, yeah. Assuming we don't get too distracted by uh, Halo or by uh, God of War or any other games that come out. I don't that know. is true. I have been – we have been up to random things nowadays. Since I've been inside a lot lately because it's cold as shit out here, um, I have – played the release of the God of War remake for PC, and that was, uh, actually yesterday I think I have finished mostly everything finally. Yeah. I'm kind of, you know, you've got all the time inside to work on your uh, <laughs> disc golf manga, you know, you just gotta No, start that's not that one up. I'm not writing right now, but, you know, maybe one day. Maybe I need to pitch that to somebody else to do that. I don't have enough time for that. I know, seriously. You gotta. I, I really like the idea. We just got to find a time. And so, a yeah, if anyone wants to take that idea, not take it, but work with us, please reach out to us. <laughs> yeah, Pat, Do not take that idea. Pat, that is my got idea. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> it's a, a disc golf anime. I've seen a lot of sports anime, and really disc golf is like the one thing I like to do sports-wise on a regular. And I always said that because of the – what is it? The – dynamic nature of the characters and the equipment and just how fun it is i feel like it would be a good anime or a good manga uh you know, Remin- reminiscent of beyblade I would yeah it. it would literally be like beyblade where it's just something like goofy and like there's spirits involved and yeah yeah it, you should be keeping fun. you should be keeping this to yourself yeah this is too fleshed out for someone else to just take this <laughs> and run with it i swear to god if i see something on like manga manga coup or whatever next week i'm gonna be pissed um, yeah, somebody's going to start an online webcomic or something. Uh, anyway, so this week, going back to our natural topics, uh, we're going to be talking about our 2021 fall wrap-up. It's 
kind of an interesting that we're following the 2021 year wrap-up with our 2021 fall wrap-up. But, I mean, I will say this was a season that had uh, many highlights for us. I think coming off of summer, it, things dropped off pretty well. But this was the season that it really encompassed a lot of the manga adaptations that we had been waiting on. I mean, yeah, it's true. Komi-san, Meruko, Annoying, Senpai... Faraway Paladin, even Reincarnated Assassin was another one that had been adapted, ugh, adapted. And then, yeah, also just a ton of sequels that we had been waiting on. Demon Slayer, 86ers, Mashuko. It's kind of... Yeah. It just kind of covered all our bases. It was very, yeah, it was very heavy hitter. Honestly, it was... I feel like there was a good spread. You know, it may not... I mean, we talked a little bit about this in our yearly wrap-up, but it may not have had the big name big show outs like you know what's it spring did but i think overall quality wise across the board it was a very good season and uh, i actually had a good spread of things to watch you know i actually have too much to watch even though they weren't all like top tier anime i still enjoyed them mostly and uh, i actually ran out of time to watch some of these so Mm -hmm. i'll have to catch up I mean, yeah, that's really the problem is you just run out of time in general. You're dealing with that's work. That's such a first world problem to have. I have too many good animes to catch yeah, up Yeah, I know. Dealing with work, dealing with sports. I mean, gosh, the Super That's true. No, I mean, we have a lot of sports going on at the moment. And, heck, I haven't even watched, like, actual TV shows that everyone keeps telling me. Like, I have to watch Boba Fett, apparently, now. Book of Boba Fett or something no, like that. No, you don't. It's not that good. I'm not going to watch it just because I just I don't out have time. Out of spite? Who told you you had to watch it? It's not that good. It's really uh, not. Mike told me... A couple co-workers were telling me and then there's just a bunch of other tv shows like people always tell me to watch tv shows i'm like watching anime is already hard enough nowadays well, I, I forget keep did, up you, with TV shows. did you even watch the mandalorian i don't remember i did finish season one and i started season two and never finished it not because that was just me i'm just not really good unless yeah i like finishing a season unless i'm completely like immersed immersed in yeah. well i mean i guess that's my point it's like boba fett's fine and i i guess i enjoy watching it just to have something to add to the list, but I mean, it's not good enough where it's like you got to go out of your way to watch this. I I wouldn't say, but anyway, that's just my take. Fair enough. So th- there's our live action take. Well, this is not the Triangle Star Wars review. This is the Triangle Anime and Manga review. I so. will bring up while we're still doing our intro. Uh, I have heard recommendations that, uh, based on our one of our previous podcasts, that we should start up our Triangle Anime and Ramen review. That would be a ramen, okay. podcast. Yeah. I don't feel like that would be an interesting. There's certainly enough ramen places in the area. There are a few, yeah. I don't know if I've got a discerning enough taste. We'll I don't know about that, that, yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway. we'll give it some thought in the future. But for now, let's go back to anime and manga. What we're really here for, kids. All right. So to start us off... One of the most anticipated of the year was uh, Komi-san, actually. Yeah. And uh, Netflix didn't totally fuck it up, which was kind of a nice change of pace. Now, they they fucked up a few things, but they didn't totally fuck it up. They flopped on one thing, (laughs) and it was kind of a big thing to start with, but you kind of forgot about it after the first episode, and, you know, you kind of got engrossed with the cuteness of the manga anime story itself instead of worrying about it yeah i guess yeah for those of you who are not familiar just a really quick summary story is komi-san can't communicate it's about a very talented and i guess beautiful young girl who's in high school 
but she suffers from a communication disorder. She struggles to make friends. Social anxiety. And, uh, yeah, I guess we would call it social anxiety. They always call it, like, communication disorder, and I'm like, I don't know if that's a Japan thing. But mm. point being, she finally kind of runs into somebody who understands her, and they set out to make 100 friends. Is 100 friends. Not 100 girlfriends, 100 friends. Just 100 friends. It's a different manga. Well, Tadano might be out to make 100 girlfriends. We'll see how that plays out. But anyway, point point being is that it's a, it's a, a cute little story, and it's just a bunch of kind of like school stories of them attempting to make friends. It's a bunch of little one-shot cuts into each episode. Even the episodes themselves aren't even full stories. It's like two or three stories yeah. per episode. So, I mean, the manga took off online because exactly what you said. I think it's a really cute story. Uh, I believe, what are the kids calling it? It's like a diabetes story where it's so sugary sweet that you just, <laughs> that you'll, you know. Is that, that what they call it? I've never yeah. heard that. Yeah, because it's like the story, like all the characters are so sweet that it is... You, no, you, it is a very wholesome story, yeah, right? It's yeah. a very, you know, your natural, uh, what's it called, uh, slice of life, wholesome, cute story where if you're into that, you're going to love watching every episode on a week-to-week basis. It's just kind of fun-loving. It's nice to watch after you watch something intense like... You know the new the last season of Attack on Titan or it eighty needs, or eighty six. Yeah, you need some eye bleach. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I really like the story, and they I do think they did a good job of adapting it. They could have maybe worked on some of the pacing uh, ish, just because of what you said. I think there were a lot of stories, like I said, in this manga because of the nature of it that were very short paced. So you would see three or four different stories in one episode of the anime. And I'm like, I feel like despite all this, we probably could have thrown out some of the stories just for the sake of getting to the more interesting or funny stories. But I don't know. Like I, I didn't need the one where she was competing with the girl in like all the school exercises or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think generally speaking, I still love these characters, and I have a lot of fun with this one. I think this is a story that you don't even necessarily have to be into anime to like because it's very relatable. We've all had that kind of period where it's like, in fact, we probably have it more over in America. We probably have it more as we become adults where it's like you struggle to make friends and relate to people, and you kind of feel like your own life gets mundane even though there's so many interesting things going on around you. So it's kind of nice to have this, like, relatable character who's just trying to make friends but also like seeing all the wackiness of kind of a daily life and how that impacts everybody so i i just i really like the story but anyway I, what are your thoughts on it ozzy yeah i enjoyed it it is definitely on my alley when it comes to a carefree slice of life kind of anime um it kind of, it fills that spot that i like to watch every now and then just to have a feel good time uh, let's see. The characters themselves were very, uh, very interesting. I do like Komi. Obviously, her having this dilemma of not being able to communicate, being the driving force of the story, uh, I think is cute because she does want to make friends. She wants to overcome this said disability, um, and it's nice to see that their her friend Tadano is there to help her because you know he ultimately wants to be. He has like a different mission, I guess. He he wants to not be super super like 
I guess he doesn't want to make a scene. I guess, is what if I remember correctly? Well, I think, I, I'm trying to remember how he worded it. So like, I guess the idea is that like when he was in middle school, he tried really hard to yeah stand for attention, out, right? To stand and out, and he it backfired. So he kind of yeah. like wants He's to, taking the opposite route. He, he just wants like, to like blend be, in and yeah. not be. So you know, he he kind of puts that aside and puts himself out there to try to help uh, Comey make her friends. And it's cool to see the progression of the anime because you're right. Every every episode is like three or four different little short scenes slash uh, stories, and they still do a good job of helping you see her progression and you not forgetting that the ultimate story is that she's trying to make friends. So you know maybe two or three two or three episodes. Every two or three episodes, she gains another friend, whether that be um, uh, Dodano's androgynous friend which i think is hilarious because the first time <laughs> they made they made a joke about him being androgynous they, it was like a rated r joke it was like talking about his penis and i was like whoa this is like at first this seems like a rated g kind of tv yeah. show and i was like okay that's kind of funny so they did a lot of jokes that were just touching on the fact that he was androgynous. Yeah, they never, they never quite go to a full inappropriate thing. No, but they, but do. they do toe the line. Yeah. It's just not what I expected. <laughs> so it made it even funnier. So I do appreciate that comedy. Um, and then she makes uh, another friend with a couple of girls in class. Um, one of them, which I thought was really strange, and I never really enjoyed this. Um, You're talking about the stalker character or whatever. St- Oh no! I thought she was hilarious. Oh my because god! Because that was like over. That was like way over the line. For she goes. One episode. She goes completely. Yeah, she insane. like kidnaps uh, Tadano and like almost kills him. And I'm like, holy shit! This guy's serious. <laughs> yeah, she's nuts. But then it's like next week. She's like, oh yeah, we're friends, but don't touch, don't touch Comey, please. Yeah, but yeah. So it's it, it's hilarious. No, it's the um the kind of the thicker girl that they the one with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The girl who's like, like no self confidence. She's like, oh, I'll be like, your dog. I like, I like, like being, whoa. I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> she likes getting and yeah. they keep playing that on her like she's like oh yeah i'll be your dog whatever you want me to do and she, she does like, she acts does like a dog i'm like Ugh. i think she does change her character later on maybe i hope so because that that doesn't really hit for me that was one miss that yeah. i was like i don't really like this character too much that was really the only character i wasn't in love with she is kind of a a comedy role where like they yeah. she obviously is kind of thick so they use her uh well endowment to make comedy sometimes too well, which i think i can laugh at sometimes yeah. but she just seems to be a gag character well i love they do do some stuff later on i guess that they they change her from being like a just a pervert to being like she's actually secretly a really good food reviewer and a few other things so it's like i guess her stuff is more she does everything in the background but anyway i guess that's another thing i want to touch on in this uh, this series is that i like i just attracts me to this is that like the main characters, despite having like the big quirk of like I can't talk to anybody, they're probably the most normal characters in the entire show. That is true. Everybody- everyone, else, everyone else is just very bizarre. Like the other, <laughs> the other character I forgot about was the anime character who like believes the one with the, the eye, yeah, patch. The eye patch. She she's- like completely believes she's like an anime. Well, she just plays up that she's like her life is like an anime, yes. and then like Komi is like the princess that she like needs to either save or like yeah she's that hardcore nerd in high school where she's just like everything my life is a main character of an anime. pretty much exactly so i yeah. thought that was that was hilarious so anytime she comes back into the story um it's pretty funny um the only other one that was kind of a miss for me was the what's i forgot her name but she was the one that like was really competitive with her you were talking about yeah, that, that was, one episode where that was the story she where was I, trying like, to beat comey is like it's it's kind of fun to get because 
really those type of uh, animes they always have those kind of episodes they always have like a school competition episode they always have some kind of beach slash swimsuit episode they always have a festival episode like it's just natural for that to happen but um i never really got to enjoy her character i was just like okay she she didn't really yeah I mean, her, she she was another weird character and she did stand out but it just wasn't well her th- her whole thing was just she was competing with komi-san and it's like how do you compete she's that's Komi-san. true which on which <laughs> which to make a point of komi-san is like treated like a god in her in her school and it's so hilarious to see her student her peers interactions that's probably what makes this anime it's just everyone's it's even everyone's yes reaction and appreciation of Komi-san because you think we we did say that she's like you know a popular kid in class no she is like a god like it is Komi-Kami pretty much like they adore her and they make anything like try to go well for her so it's um yeah it was great I honestly enjoyed every minute of it I will say I did like speed run not speed run but I did watch a lot of episodes back to back to back and I will say that's not the best way to watch it, I think, personally, I, because... I, I also feel like... Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I was just saying, because of what you said, that sometimes the pacing's a little strange because of how chopped up some of the episodes can be due to the nature of the manga. And sometimes it just doesn't feel very fluid. So I wish I could have just watched it week to week because I feel like that's the best way to absorb it. Yeah. I will say this is one of those that Netflix released week to week, and I do think that was a good idea because I think this is also a story that you need a break from, not because it's depressing or anything, but no, because it's, it's very frantic. There's just so much going on. Yeah. It's one of those where... It all kind of runs together. Yeah. Yeah. It's also one of those where it's kind of like Airplane or anything, where it's like it just throws jokes at you, and then they land or they don't land. So it's kind of like... And it has dramatic moments, but for the most part, it's like joke, 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 joke. And it's like, it's a lot to deal with, like, if you're doing it one after another. But it's pretty, I, I still, it's really good. It's one of my favorites of the uh, season. Highly recommend it. Definitely. I would definitely recommend it. It was a, it was a good watch. And uh, I'm excited for season two, because it was already confirmed. All righty. Well, going on, next up on the list, we've got Annoying Senpai. So, yeah, my, my Senpai is annoying, or Senpai is annoying. Um, so, so, I mean, this one is a, a different kind of comedy where it's like work, more of a workplace instead of a high school. but Yes, in a very adult-like situ, uh, scenario. But it is kind of the same thing as Comey. It's a uh, slice of life, very wholesome um, approach. But it is bordering because it is more adult. It is more rom-com i guess well i do think it's definitely a rom-com and it's also i do think it plays on the kind of perspective of you know i guess work not only workplace romance but also like kind of age gap romance or perspective romance i guess if that makes any sense because the isn't the main the main character looks a lot younger than well, she is younger, but yeah, they don't help her case because she is literally like a midget. She she's very tiny. Yeah, I'm talking. They make a. I mean, they make joke of it in the anime by saying, "Oh yeah, is that your daughter?" Because she is that small. I'm I'm saying she gets to his waist or slightly above his waist. Yeah, well, and I think part of that is also the other guy's kind of big, but I mean, that's like. I guess what I'm getting at is they they make a a lot of the comedy is the disparity in like how they look and how big they are to each other, despite the fact that they're clearly... 
there is clearly like a connection between them. It's yeah. Not, yeah. So. So yeah, my senpai is annoying. It was um, I think I picked this one just because it looked interesting to me. It's a slice of life. So um, and all the characters, I guess I like when there's a good supporting cast. So whenever they they kind of show all the supporting cast in uh, promos or they kind of talk them up, it's nice to know that you know you might get more than just oh this is the title character we're gonna go with them. So I was actually very surprised as I watched it that my favorite part were the supporting cast. Honestly, I preferred the supporting cast out of the main two characters, which are um, Igarashi, which is the girl who is a midget, and her love interest slash uh, senpai, Takeda. So those two were the main characters who their relationship kind of, uh, I guess, flourished throughout the anime. And you had a bunch of other side characters that were, if not just as interesting or more to me as the series went on so that's fair um yeah i mean that was kind of my vibe too is that i'll be honest the kind of like running gags got kind of old to me pretty quickly but i did like seeing this was one of those kind of like uh a few years ago they had the like nerds in love story i don't know what i forget what the title is right now but basically like it was a workplace romance between couples who were into each other because they were into the same nerdy stuff, video games and stuff oh, like gosh. that. And this kind of seemed reminiscent of that to me in the sense that like a lot of what drove the story was the perception of the side characters and kind of like their comments and how they kind of fed into the main relationship in the story. And I did enjoy that to an extent. I wasn't in love with this story. I watched a few episodes, and I do think it's pretty funny. But I, I just wasn't, like, blown away by the direction they decided to go in. It just seemed kind of generic. But I think overall this is another one of those where it's, like, a cute story that you can really appreciate. Yeah, it's definitely very wholesome along the lines, like I said, of uh, Komi or all those uh, slice-of-life animes that give you nice, warm, fuzzy feelings when you watch them. It's definitely... It definitely had the normal, like like I had just said with Comey, it had all the episodes where it kind of shows each character individually. It has a, a beach episode. It has like a like little like event episodes to kind of give you a sense of relation to the characters. And I will say I do enjoy this setting better than the other ones because I can relate to work life. Right, it's it. You can see that in your work life. You know, it actually makes me jealous because I wish my work life was that fun. Like, I look at their <laughs> like their um, their workplace, and they seem to celebrate every other week in something. They always have like, oh, we're gonna bring in sweets or chocolates. I'm like, damn, my workplace doesn't do shit. Yeah, nah. I'm jealous. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I do like it. Uh, like I said, I actually enjoyed the side characters more, and I'm actually more invested in them because they have. I think a better relationship. There's one other couple that's also kind of flourishing throughout the uh, series. And I think the reason I like them better, um, the girl is uh, Sakurai and the boy, the, the guy, I forgot his name. Um, it's they're, they're all good friends with, with uh, Igarashi. But I think their relationship is a little bit more interesting because they're a little bit more realistic. The main character, Igarashi, is just like over the top. Um, I guess. I guess kind of what like what's a sundere? Isn't like someone who's like I guess can't, he's, he can't show emo- he's 
A Sundari. Well, he's not quite a Sundari. A Sundari is like. I'm saying she. Isn't a Sundari a female character? Well, it can be both, but yeah, it's more of like a state of mind, but it's like a Sundari is someone who like acts like they're not interested into somebody, but is secretly very interested in their somebody. Okay, it's well then, the, yeah, she, the, she borders, Igarashi borders. It's Helga, Helga Pataki syndrome. Yeah, okay, so she borders that because she's she's huge on like not, anytime anyone kind of hints at it, she like gets angry, or anytime she gets embarrassed, she gets a little physical, Yeah, and... That kind of that gag gets a little old. Like I'm okay reserving that for certain situations, but that's really her. That at first it seemed like that's that's her role. Like she doesn't want to in any way open up. But meanwhile, Sakurai and her interest a little bit as they as they go through the series, they open up and they have a little bit more development. And honestly, I prefer that. Yeah, I think that was, and maybe that's because I missed it because I didn't get that far in. I I got kind of bored of the gag jokes but i wanted more actual character development and but i will say this one kind of reminded me it had hints of like the dragon maid kind of aesthetic where it's like these people are living their work life day to day and it's really just about them how they kind of like deal with the relationship even though they kind of know they're in a relationship it's how they deal with their burgeoning emotions so I like I liked it. It just didn't blow me away or anything. That's so. fair. I will say I did like the art for this one. It does have a, um, a very uh, it's very well animated and it's, you know nothing over the top, obviously because it's work life day to day stuff. But it is it is nice to look at. So that was another thing that kind of kept me coming back to it. Gotcha. Um, well, I would say do you do you recommend checking it out? I oh yeah, I definitely think if you're into those kind of um, animes, you know, short kind of chopped up stories that kind of uh, tell an overarching story and that are uh, wholesome and cute, yeah, I, I definitely would check it out. Alrighty. Uh, next up on the list, uh, another anim- another manga adaptation, which was pretty big, uh, Meruko-chan. So, Meruko-chan's the story basically of a girl who... Sees dead people. Yeah, it's the sixth sense, but... It kind of comes out of nowhere. She's like leaving. She's living her daily life and just kind of enjoying life. And then all of a sudden, and I don't think this is ever explained or it hasn't been yet. She yeah, just starts. She just starts being able to see dead people, like out yeah. of nowhere, or ghosts, or monsters, or whatever you want to call them. And it's spirits, spirits, and it's kind of like she want and she does her best to pretend that she can't see them. And that's where the story starts off, but. I guess it kind of goes from a daily kind of slice of life where she's trying her best, where it's a comedy where she's trying her best to ignore these scary things going on around her to actually having kind of a heartfelt story of her like trying to, I don't know if it's necessarily like help the world, but you know, where she's like has an understanding of like, you know, there are people that she can help uh, knowing the things that she knows around her. So I, I'm kind of fascinated by this story because this the whole point of the story, it really relies on you to feel kind of empathy for the main character because she is the one that's all this is happening to. None of the other characters, the comedy comes from the other characters not knowing what's going on and having to be like, and dealing with like the fact that, oh, they can't see the ghost, but she's can clearly see all these creepy things going on around them. So... I think it's a very it's a very fascinating story, but it, it's one of those where you really feel for the main character, and kind of your attachment to her is what 
keeps you drawn into the story uh, as it goes along and stops being more of a comedy and turns into a drama. Um, I'm a big fan of it. The problem is this was our first manga that we ever read, and I'm pretty familiar with the story. So I'm not saying that it was a bad show. I actually quite liked it. The art style for the monsters was very good at towing the line between being terrifying and also very... Um, and also friendly enough that you're not going to scare off any children audiences. But um, I don't know. I was a big fan of it, and I think overall it was definitely a story worth checking out. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ozzy? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I only watched half of it. It was one of the ones that I unfortunately had to uh, not drop, but to put on the back burner. Um, but I did enjoy it. it. It it was a very good adaptation from what I remember from the manga. I remember that we were curious on how they would get that sense of like omin that ominous feeling with the ghosts because I think they had like a teaser where they made it seem almost like jump scary like but that didn't end up being that way it ended up being a very good adaptation with with the ghosts like you said I feel like they did a good job of making them as creepy as possible but also realizing that it's not meant to scare it's meant to just kind of be creepy and then when they put them in a real world scenario it's supposed to be kind of funny because you see all these scary like you know uh spirits with like two faces or like their face like kind of like There's dragging off their skin or like guy who looks like leather face with a big hook yeah one's got like a face that looks like a vagina like you see all these and then like you go to the it, it kind of like transitions to her in the real world miko which is her name it's not miriko her name's miko yeah. we learned that too um Miko is like standing in line and she realizes she's in line with a bunch of spirits. That's one of the funny ones I remember. Um, yeah. And her friends are like, what are you doing standing in the middle of nowhere? Like, we're in this line. And yeah. she's like, oh. So <laughs> it's just little things like that. Um, it's a uh, hokey kind of funny to watch. And yeah, overall, each episode was, um, was it's another one of those cute, uh, wholesome ones. Especially, like you said, as you start seeing that she grows accustomed to her powers and starts using them for either fixing a problem or, you know, dealing with something. Like the episode with the cats, which is one of the you know, most endearing ones that I've seen where um, she finds these stray kit kittens. I, I don't remember if it's one it was, or two. It was a single stray single cat. cat. Yeah. She finds it and her and her friend Hana, they, uh, they're like, oh, we need to, you know, this cat's cute. And they're like, oh, maybe we should give it away to somebody who can take care of it. And they run into a couple people when um, – uh, I was about to say Comey, but Miko, actually, surprisingly, that's an anagram right there. Is that the yeah, right word? Yeah, I, I think so. Well, or what's the word? Whatever. Yeah, anagram where you switch the letters. Yeah, right. it's the yeah. same letters. Comey, Mo uh, Miko. Miko. Yeah. But um, Miko can see that certain people are not suitable for the cat, and it's actually kind of telling you a story that you shouldn't base a person off like their their yeah. looks or don't judge a book, judge by, a its book by its cover because like the nice looking guy who shows up and loves looks like he like would be a great person actually has like dead cat spirits falling him. falling him around and then yeah. like this dude who looks like a uh, what's it called like a skinhead that looks like he's part he of looks the, like a yakuza yeah, yeah it just looks questionable he has like these nice cat spirits that are following him yeah he and has she's these, like, like oh we should give it to two, him two angelic cat spirits right. so that her was friend, a, her friend's like is this a good idea and she's like yeah just just trust, yeah, me, trust right? me so that was cute yeah. and the other one that i remember was really nice that it was it was very wholesome was the episode with her dad um they did a good job adapting that one because i knew it was coming 
because we read the uh, the manga chapter, and it, in that one, it's a surprise too, because they play it up that you don't know that you you didn't know it, that like, her dad yeah. was dead. It's like spoilers, the, obviously. It, it is like the Sixth Sense, where it's like right. Oh, yeah, it is yeah, that, that Sixth Sense. Yeah. actually a ghost. Funny yeah. enough, we made that joke, but I didn't even think about it. Yeah, her dad had been around the entire series, but you learn like maybe four or five episodes in that it's a ghost of her dad because he ended up passing away, I think a year or two ago. And there's an episode where she kind of, I guess, deals with that. And it's, it doesn't get too serious, which I kind of like. It's nothing too, too dramatic, but it is nice. Like I said, wholesome. So yeah. um, overall, I, I will finish this because I do like it. And it is an interesting concept. Like you said, you know, her the ability to see spirits and how she kind of betters herself and maybe her friends and other people's lives around her. Um, I'm excited to see how they progress that story because if they want to make it an actual – uh, like, a th- I guess a, a drama where she, you know, progresses as her abilities progress. You know, it could be interesting instead of just short stories. So, yeah. Well, and I'm hoping it does seem like the manga is going in a more serious direction. So I'm hoping that this one continues to develop and maybe gets a second season. But nice. I would definitely say check this one out. Cool. Next up, uh, probably one of the ones I don't recommend checking out. Uh, first one on the list. Faraway Paladin. So, this is uh, the story. It's a we're getting into the Isekai block. Yeah, so, we we kind of walked them together. So we've got this is the story of a guy who dies in this you know this our our world. Will Will who passes on to another world where he is found by basically these undead versions of the previous heroes of the world and they kind of raise yeah. him to become the next hero unintentionally and i think there is a lot to like about this series i read the manga i was a big fan of kind of i like the idea that it's not about the previous heroes it's about the previous heroes raising uh and the next generation and then also the fact that he kind of has to deal with the idea that you know, even though he reincarnated, there is some aspects to like letting people go. Uh, that becomes kind of a theme in the fact that his parents who raised him are undead, but are also kind of suffering, you know, being still being alive uh, as they are in the state that they are. So I think there's a lot of like nuanced thing and themes and a lot of kind of neat ideas in this story. And to an extent, I think it delivers on those. The problem that I have is not necessarily the themes or anything. My problem is, first off, really the series really drags out the story. Like, I think the whole the kid getting raised in the manga uh, takes like like maybe eight chapters, and they draw that out into four episodes, and that's. It's a long time before he finally, they finally get him out into the real world. And I'm like, and that's really where the story begins. So I, I don't want a four-episode prologue of the story. It really drags things out and it kind of makes things boring uh, to a certain extent. And second off, the animation just wasn't that great. I mean, for kind of an action manga where he's fighting these gods and monsters and all these other scary things... Like, the animation was pretty weak overall. There was a lot of stills. A lot of the stuff they were fighting was kind of bad 3D graphic stuff. So I just wasn't blown away by it. 
I still recommend reading the manga, but the anime was kind of a disappointment in those aspects. Ozzy, I know you didn't make it all the way through this one. What was your perspective on the stuff that you watched? I will say that I dropped off, I think, when it was going to pick up. Kind of like when you were saying when he was going out to the real world. And I think that is what you mentioned as a negative. It was the biggest negative in my mind that it just took too long and it, it dragged it out longer than it needed to from what I think. I think if maybe you already know what the story is leading to, you might be okay sitting through that. But as a new watcher, it was very hard for me to get into it because, A, I didn't really like Will um, as a character. He seemed kind of boring. And then the people that were raising him I mean, there is a mystery to them, but if they spent too long on them that I just kind of lost interest in everything that they stood for, really. So once he kind of made up his mind and said that he was going out and journeying because that was his next step, I was just a little over it and not really invested in the character himself, Will. Um, so I'm not saying that it, it, it isn't good because I can't say that since I haven't watched the entire series. I'm hoping that maybe the second half of it picked up and you got to see a little bit more of Will. I know that he gets companions, so that's good. I would prefer to see these two companions over him hanging out with Gus and Blood and Mary. Um, but I am curious to see. I mean, I might pick it up later if I'm, you know, not too if I'm not too bogged down. There's a lot to watch, unfortunately. It's just one of the ones that I had to drop because it just it. I didn't really stick with it. I will say that. I agree with the animation and the fighting. It was just very bland, very boring, especially for, like I said, like you said, isekais, they need to have that because that's what they sell. They sell these fantastic worlds where you have magic, you have fighting, and it just didn't seem like they put a lot of effort into it. Even like the little things like when Will goes into that dungeon and finds his, his uh, like, finds his like secret weapon, he has to fight these like skeletons and I feel like you could put more emphasis on his fighting, but it was a very basic fight. And then I think the other fight was when he fought Gus. That wasn't that impressive. Oh, no, Blood. Blood, sorry. Yeah, right. Is it Blood. blood? Yeah, yeah, the, the big, big skeleton. Like, skeleton guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that also wasn't that impressive either. It, it did pick up once they started fighting the, uh, like, the, the god guy who yeah, the evil, like, cursed him. evil guy. I forgot his name. Yeah. But by then, that was also too, like, later, and I had kind of weaned off that. Um, so it's just an isekai to me that just didn't hit the highlights that I like to see in an isekai so I dropped it so I hope that whoever does continue watching it can get what they like out of it because a lot of people were really hyped for this and uh, I hope that it did it justice when it comes to the adaptation I mean it still stayed pretty high in the rankings until the end of the season I was just kind of disappointed overall but I mean I'm sure I'm sure if you want to check it out give it a go but I can't really fully recommend the story. Um, moving on to the next one. So this one is the other isekai. And more it's, isekai. It's, it's not the only remaining isekai, but this one was more up your alley. So the reincarnated assassin. Uh, my understanding is you did make it all the way through this one. Is that right? Um, if so, do you want to tell us about the uh, full plot of this guy? So yeah, reincarnated assassin. That's actually the full title is the world's finest assassin gets reincarnated as a noble or something like that. In another world, every, as an aristocrat. Excuse every me. day we stray further from God with these titles. This is yeah, just, pretty much God. So yeah, I did finish this. Um, and this is an isekai, uh, as you can tell from the title and from the fact that it says reincarnated in the title. Yeah. But um, 
the title tells you he is a modern day assassin who in the first episode he gets he dies and gets reincarnated he gets obviously reincarnated into a magical world of swords and magic and you know all these uh, fantasy like things and his he actually gets a mission and this is what makes this a little different than most isekais um, and this is kind of what kept me intrigued for most of it was that the main guy is actually tasked to defeat the hero of the the world so like I don't know if the hero is a quote unquote another reincarnated person but apparently the hero in this reincarnated world magical world ends up uh, obviously being the hero but he ends up I guess um, turning evil or having a you know well, I guess a I negative guess, impact on the world well I guess the the theme is like they don't necessarily know if he turns evil but like the idea is like so they have a hero to beat the big evil demon god but then at that point, the hero is the strongest person in the world, so he could turn into the next evil god if nobody's there to take him out. So they have all. So the goddess, I guess, has all these contingency people around. Well, it is. Yeah. It is stated that he does go on a rampage. Oh, okay. they're not saying that he could. They did say that he he does. Oh, he does. So okay. they're trying to stop that by creating another, I guess, hero, a sub-hero, or somebody else to stop that, but only after he saved the world, because it's kind of like a caveat. Like, you can't kill him before a certain time because he has to save the world. So it is, she is kind of the person who's reincarnating people. They are sending up contingencies, because it is kind of cool also how the story actually has a back. Like, all these other contingency plans, she actually reincarnates, like, multiple people. I think she reincarnates, like, a rapper. I was yeah, so... I love that part. <laughs> this, this series is actually surprisingly very funny. Um, it's... It is actually... I think it does a good job of setting up the character and helping you like the character a little bit more than... At least for me, more than other isekais. Like, I like that he was an assassin and that he stayed an assassin and didn't, like, try to be something else that he's not. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like a knight now or I'm going to yeah. try to be completely balanced and overpowered because yeah. I'm an Isekai character. Or like he was born into an aristocrat family. He could have just been like, I'm just going to be an aristocrat and be right. rich. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I liked – well, and he also kept kind of his – he kept what he had learned from his previous life, which is, I think, a rare trend for these things where a lot and, of Isekais, when they get reincarnated, they're just – OP whatever they think they are. And their where, past life matters not. Yeah, right? it doesn't matter at all. And I will say, and that was another thing that I've praised Mishuko yeah. a lot for, is that if you use your past experiences in this new life, it adds for a better story. That's yeah. why Mishuko is such a... It's a, it's so nice to see because this guy who obviously had made mistakes in his past and didn't live life the way he thought he should have is learning to kind of re have to renew his life. And that's kind of the point. That's what draws me to Isekai's is you being able to renew your life. And this guy is doing that. And that's one of the major plots in this series is that he wants – he lived his original life as a tool. He was a tool for his Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Well, you know, he was like, you know, do whatever you want with me. I'm the best assassin. I'll do whatever job without any emotions, without any like of my um, uh, personal feelings and stake. And he – 
he doesn't want that anymore. He wants to be an assassin, but he also wants to take into consideration his thoughts, his feelings, yeah. and not be a tool. So it's cool to see him kind of try to stray away from his past, but also still use his past for his advantage. Yeah. So, and I mean, I like that too. I think the part that you brought up where it's like, it's not just that he doesn't want to be a tool. He doesn't want to treat other people like that. Tools. Yeah, that too. And that's kind of like, I guess, the endearing part of his character because. I mean, yeah, there's the overarching story, but really, to me, the bigger story is more about him acti- him interacting with all of his subordinates. Because he gets, like, a lot of, quote-unquote, followers, I guess. Well, he gets two main fo- He gets... He has one, I no. guess, uh, like, partner, and the other two are subordinates, because he saves two girls. Of course, they have to be girls. Yeah, the girls, yeah. Um, and then he... It, it, it is kind of a cool story because he, he lives like a second life because he ends up making like a business. And yeah. I did like that side he's, story he's where he's Batman, he, basically. He, yeah, pretty much. He's Batman. I mean, he's he, he, Batman. he gains a bunch of money by making a business and then uses that and his connections to help him find out who to murder. Yeah. So, yeah, he is Batman. He's Batman, except he's Batman who kills people. Anyway, point being. Batman kills people. They just don't show <laughs> Yeah, up. he's just like, no, I just knocked them out. Like, yeah. Yeah, I knocked him out as the ship was drowning and I didn't save him. I didn't kill him. They drowned. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, point being, yeah, I mean, I, I actually like this story. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as Me I neither, did. Me neither, because it's an Instagram. But um, I would say this one was definitely, actually, probably... One of the top ones that wasn't a sequel from last year. I would put this up there. I think a lot of people liked it, mainly because it is an isekai. And when I say it is an isekai, I think that it follows the tropes to a T. And even the negative ones, I will say that some of my negatives were because of the standard isekai tropes. One being the harem situation. He His subordinates are obviously in love with him. Um, and they had a scene which in one of the episodes which almost turned me off from the entire series just because I'm just not into that and I just don't think it adds to the quality of the anime um, or the manga, whatever story you're trying to tell. They had like a him having a wet dream like uh, episode okay. and the girls sleep with him, whatever, I'll get over it. They sleep with him because they like the warmth. Okay, we get it. Yeah. It's fan service. But then like one day he just happens to have a wet dream they don't show it. They don't. They don't make anything of it. But of course, the girls can smell it, and they're like, "What's that smell?" And the girls find out, and they're like, "Oh, well, if you need help, let me know. We're here for you." Yeah, and they, right. they sexualize it. And I'm like, "Why did you have to do that?" And it was literally like five episodes in, and it was so off-putting because they haven't really played up that angle the entire time. And really, after that, they didn't play up the angle much either. And it just seemed like they had to get that trope in, like, "Oh, yeah. we're an isekai. We can't forget to do this." And I will say that was a huge negative in my eye. I thought that took away from the story and added nothing at all. Um, another negative trope, quote-unquote, I guess that you can talk about is um, it's more just to do with the sexualizing too because the main one of the main – his main like subordinates – is it, it, it? They're both girls, but one of them is obviously well endowed, and they always just have to like show it. And it's just like, all right, we get it. Like, yeah. can't you just show her being a badass without emphasizing her, you know, proportions? Like, well, you don't have to make it, it a deal. It reminds me, and I mean, like you said, it's a it's an anime trope. I wouldn't it's even, an anime I wouldn't even trope, say right. it's an. It's a You're right. Trope. It is an is general. Anime I think trope. I think there's like because of the audience of that's most true. anime, they're gonna do that. But yeah, it does remind me of this other isekai that's going on right now called Erufuta, um, something, something, something. I'm not going to give the full title. Anyway, point being is like, yeah, where it's basically there's this story about like this guy who 
become super strong. But of course, he's got a harem of women um, who are all his subordinates, and they have to play up how attracted they are to him every single moment. And it's like that's not really what the story's about, but we got to do it because it's an anime. Because <laughs> it's right. an anime, so and, yeah. And I don't mind if you play it up every now and then, but. Um, it was just so sudden when it came to the wet dream uh, scene, and I was very off put by that. But because they didn't really talk about it or make it a deal, actually, they did make it a deal the next episode, and I almost did give up on it because his mom was interested in the situation. His mom's probably like, where you draw the line. His mom's yeah. like, "Oh, they told me about what happened. I'm interested. What? What? Like, she's like interested and wants to talk to him, and like, she wants to see him naked to see how he's growing. I'm like, okay, this is That's weird. weird. Yeah. Like, you didn't need to do this. As soon as they moved past that, it went back to being good again. Um, I like that the character is a very methodical character because in the final battle, which I think is probably one of the better episodes where he actually gets to see a lot more action and he puts his, like, skills to the test, he had to, like, draw up this whole plan because... He had to fight someone who was a superior fighter because he's really just an assassin. He's a, you know, he's kind of like a ninja. He, yeah. he, you're not really good in one to one hand front he, face. He can't combat. take a lot of hits, but he can. Like, but yeah. you know, he can make things work if he can control his environment. He can control his, you know, his situation. Um, so I'm glad that they didn't make him super OP. And they're like, oh well, even if you did get into a hand to hand fight with this big dude, you can win because you know you're an Isekai character. So yeah, but I mean, it does sound like I. I also appreciate that when they do it, where it's not just like, well, you've got this better tool, so you just win. Uh, right. It seems like he, they actually put thought into the fights. They did, I, and I, which I really appreciate. Which, another thing I will say is, I, I hope they renew it because it needs more fights. It really didn't get to a head until the last episode, which is kind of sad because it was a lot of build up to just that one episode. But they did finally reveal the hero, so it just seems like they're setting up for season two. Okay. Well, maybe they'll get a season two. I'd still say give it a check out. If Definitely check it out. Into that. Possibly more so if you're a dude. <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, give it a watch. Next up on the list. Uh, so uh, this is another one I'm not saying the full title because I think it's something like uh, Banished from the Heroes Party, I Decided to Live a Peaceful Life oh, in Jesus. the da 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 Yeah. Point being, I'm just calling it Banished from the Heroes Party. But... Uh, it's basically what it says on the tin. Now, Ozzy, I know you didn't watch this, so I'm just gonna give this. Uh, Not at all. I'm just gonna give this one a quick overview. This one probably would have fit into the isekai category in a lot of scenarios, but this is more just a self-contained story. Um, it's a world where you kind of get printed from birth, whether you're gonna be whatever your character, you know, whatever your role in society is. So. The story's about the brother of the hero who was basically set to raise her and make her a good person. But once they got to a point where she was pretty well off, the one of the characters in the party decided, you know, to tell him off. Which was fine by him because he didn't really want to be in that role to begin with. He was doing it to protect his sister and help her out. So he decides to go live a peaceful life on the countryside. Um, it's actually kind of a nice story. It's a lot of, there's a lot of surprising twists and I think it's a cute, happy story where if you like action, but you also kind of like in the princess bride where it's like, if you like action, but if you also like knowing the fact that nothing too crazy is going to happen and everybody's going to come out okay in the end, this is one of those kind of stories. Um, I like, I liked how cute it was. I did like a lot of the side characters, but, um, 
per what you were talking about with the reincarnated assassin, it does fall into a lot of the kind of silly tropes that anime does. Like, I think pretty quickly on in the series, I think in the second episode, his girlfriend with big tits shows up and, uh, you know, they live together and they have all kind of romantic hijinks. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I think it's a cute story. But it, you got to keep your expectations in line. There are a lot of the anime tropey kind of things. So I still recommend it, but maybe only if you've got some free time on your hands. Because I'm not going to put this above, say, like Komi-san or the other reincarnated assassin. But I would say this one's pretty good. It's pretty good. Give it a check out if that's, some, if that's your style. Okay. Next up on the list. All right, now we're getting into the sequels. We're getting into the heavy hitters now. All right, so... That Demon, wasn't by design. Talking about good fight scenes, though. Uh, Demon Slayer. <laughs> I'm really happy with how this season has gone. So Demon Slayer, yeah. Demon Slayer is in a, specific, is a, is in a strange situation where they didn't... I guess they did start in the winter, in the fall time, uh, but they're also continuing. Uh, so it's kind of like between fall and winter. So it's, yeah. it's right now. It's we probably only watched half of the of the season. So it's half of the season wrap up for them, and it's also weird because half of that season was actually a split up of the movie. The movie, right? yeah. So if you watch the movie, the Mugen Train, they decided to do a very. Um, it's reminiscent of Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super had a movie called Resurrection of F, and then they made a Dragon Ball Super anime where they just split up that movie into episodes. Dragon Ball did that for monies. I'm sure Demon Slayer also did it for monies, but I think they did a good job of showing a lot of little bits of the story that were left out due to time constraints for Mugen Train. So they did that for a couple episodes, and I actually skipped over that. But my friend told me to come back and watch it because they did add a little bit more that was left out of the movie. So I don't know if you actually watched that, Logan. Did you watch the first few episodes that were uh, technically Mugen trained? I watched the first one, and I was pretty happy with it because I do think they needed to develop that character more. But I didn't watch the second or episodes. I kind of waited until they got into the actual the arc of this series, which was like the Red Light District. The Entertainment or, District. Entertainment District. Yes. Which really is a Red Light District, but whatever. Well, um, yeah, we don't want to, yeah. But yeah, I, I was kind of... But no, once we got into the actual arc, I was pretty happy with the comedy and the action they provided. Because, I mean, let's be completely honest. I think you and I have both read this manga uh, quite a while ago. And so what draws us in is not longer the kind of the new new story because we've kind of read it before. What What draws us in is like the art in this show is some of the best we've seen out of an anime in like such a long time and they continue to deliver with that especially in the entertainment district in the past a lot of it has been kind of in the countryside or kind of in small Mm, towns where there's just not as much going on there's more backgrounds this one is very colorful bright there's like it's a huge city there's a whole lot going on in the background there's people moving around and i mean we haven't even gotten into the fight scenes yet but anyway, I'm sorry. It's getting there, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And there's a lot that D- Demon Slayer has to offer, mainly because it is a shonen, and shonens have this natural progression of like, oh, well, I'm the main character. I have to get stronger, and you're experiencing f- stronger and stronger fights, more 
uh, things at risk. And in this next season in the entertainment district uh, arc, you start getting into battles with some crazy um, the, uh, demons, right? The, you start getting really, into the higher rank demons. The Obviously, really the Mug Mugen Train, yeah. you actually got to see a high rank demon, and you got to see what the outcome of that is. It's serious. It's it's life threatening. It's not just oh we could die. It's like people will die. No, right? people definitely. So finally, things yeah. start hitting the fan and. As you continue into the entertainment district, you get to see the main character's progression. You get to see Chanjiro kind of deal with the aftermath of um, Mugen Train and how he wants to better himself because there is kind of like an in-between training session where they want to not be the letdown or the reason that people yeah, die. Yeah, the reason people are dying. Right. Well, and I also I, – that is kind of like the, probably my favorite aspect of the show – um, in this season is like they are dealing with the fact that they are barely able to keep up with these new enemies that they're facing and yeah like you said they don't want to be the pre reason that other people are dying but you know I, I love the like the fight where it actually seems like he's going to beat this person and until the last second when he realizes I don't think he even realizes it because he's doing it unconsciously until he realizes he hasn't taken a breath because he's been so focused on fighting them and she just and he just collapses right before he can do the last blow and i'm like it's kind of crazy to think about all these little nuanced things that they do in this show that you wouldn't see in other fight scenes where it's not even like oh the technique didn't work it's just like literally i had to not breathe just so i could stay focused on this fight it's so but yeah i i that's the part that i've liked a lot is also you're also starting to see the impact that these guys... I mean, since the very beginning, I think we've got an idea of how bad these demons are. Yeah, but no, you're literally seeing, from the very beginning. But you're seeing now, like, in a big city where it's like, these guys don't care about humans at all. And yeah, it's starting just, to take its toll. You, yeah. you definitely see the impact that it has and how, you know, losing one life or another life, it definitely hits you. But as you continuously put yourself in that situation, kind of like if you were in war, they're in war and it's them seeing the outcome of war and them seeing how that, you know, yeah. that weighs on their soul. So it, 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 it's continuing the good quality of the story. I enjoy the story. I enjoy the characters. There's plenty of laughs that are still there that it always has as a shonen. You're always going to have your comedic tropes and they do a good job of doing it. Um, and then obviously the fights are top tier. I mean, they're getting into one of the biggest fights now, and it's just it's crazy how the how much animation quality they put into it, and it's just a sight to see. I mean, it, it is one of the better animations that I've seen in years when it comes to shonen, and they make it look so beautiful. Even especially because they have so much to work with. They have, you know, flames and water, and the demons have all these like special techniques as well. Yeah. So it's just they they have so much to make look nice, and they do a great job of it. It's so. It's very good. So definitely uh, continue watching this. This will not disappoint. This is the yeah. I would say this has been the highlight of the past, however many years the Demon Slayer has been going. Is probably one of the top ones. Uh, but moving on. Next up, Eighty Sixers. So, you know, I again, Another I hated. Sequel. I hated on the first season of Eighty Sixers. I do think the second season got better now that we've kind of gotten past the whole. Um. The blatant racism part, I guess. If, as it's still you know, there. I mean, it's there, but I feel like they've gotten past some of the, like, straight-up hatred and gotten more into the, like, okay, we're fighting these things. What can we do to deal with these insurmountable enemy? 
it kind of reminds me of like I guess in Game of Thrones where you know you've been waiting for these people to stop fighting each other and actually fight the big ice skeleton guys and that's really what you're kind of interested in I like that's why I liked about the second season where it's kind of like okay can we just fight the big common enemy that we all know we're supposed to be fighting please the, well yeah great. it was definitely a lot of setup for the season one it was a lot of setup for the tension for the past and for yeah. really getting an understanding of these characters and physically trimming the fat yeah i mean uh <laughs> in that a lot of characters die correct yes. yes so once we got through season one i definitely think that this season elevated the anime in general um, you got a lot more one-on-one time which with the leftover characters, which you got the core group of the 86ers. And I, I like all every one of them. They all bring something individual to the table. They all work well as a dynamic. Um, Shine, who is the main character, I will say that actually his progression I didn't like as much as the rest because he ended up becoming a very edgelord kind of protagonist. He became almost like suicidal to an extent because he just loved the feel of being on battle so much that he didn't care for his own life. Well, and I think it's also after a certain point of losing all of his friends, he's just kind of like kind of snapped as far as an emotion. Well, I think not not really snapped, but kind of like just been like, yeah, I guess this is I'm when we compared him to the assassin earlier, he's like, yeah, I'm just a tool, like Right. Uh, no, like, and I think what was good about the season is they emphasized their what these guys think their meaning is in life because the first half of the season was them getting to a new country slash um, land and actually getting to live a normal life quote unquote they actually got to spend some time off the battlefield they got to invest in themselves by you know some characters got to go shopping and do the things that they enjoyed doing other characters got to get jobs and do menial things and to us those are all boring things uh, or things that make up our life, but to them, that's that's all new encounters and things they didn't get to enjoy because they were racially discriminated and put into a job which they never wanted to do. Yeah. But because of that, you know, Shine especially kind of had a struggle to go back to normalcy because he, all he knew was to be a tool, to be an 86er, to be on the battlefield. And you really got that stressed feel because as soon as he got back on the field, he was, you know, ready to go. That's what he wanted to do. He was ready to die on the field because that's all he knew. Well, and I would even compare it to kind of like Gundam Wing. I mean, this one yeah. takes it a lot heavier, but it's like when you've got these kids, good, these kids who have been raised to fight their whole lives, and they're just like, I am not comfortable outside they're just of this. to it, right? Yeah, they're just like, I am not comfortable outside of this cockpit. I don't know what else to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting to see that growth for the characters. Um, they introduced a few new characters. Uh, they got like a new lieutenant slash captain from the, the new land. The new I forgot country. the name. Yeah, the new yeah. country they were in. She was kind of cool. Um, and they also got a new like young character, baby sister-like character. She was actually like a... I think she was maybe a queen or a leader or at least a, re- a daughter of the leader of another country that was in turmoil with the rest yeah. of it. I don't know. There's a lot of countries that are essentially... Well, they're, they're all fighting these, like... It's basically Terminator. I mean... Yeah, they're fighting all these, like, rise up yeah. machines, right? Yeah. The whole basis was that these machines were assimilating uh, leftover soldiers, so they were using their body and... Not body, but their mind yeah, and their thoughts to, to, to drive and yeah. to be more autonomous. So she was actually she actually had a backstory that one of her soldiers ended up being assimilated by the uh, the villain 
the the, the antagonist the robots. robots. Yeah. So she actually had some involvement with Shine because his brother got assimilated, right? And he had to deal with that. So since I guess he did win in the first season, he kind of has to do that again for this new little sister that they've uh, adopted or gotten to be part of the group. Right. So it did add some, uh, I guess, some suspense there. And then the fighting has, is still top-notch. Uh, they got new... Um, New mechs. machines, new yeah. mechs, so they're cooler, faster. They have a couple, you know. Uh, Again, still love the mech design because even oh, though yeah. I love those mechs, even though like you know, because we've gotten so used to the crazy like Gundam humanoid, yeah, type humanoid. I love the simplicity of these mechs because I guess like they, spider crawling little things. They seem kind of more like things that you would actually build, where it's not like these things are made to shoot guns and get over terrain, and it's like that's all they do. It's like I love that. It's very simplistic, but also very sleek in their design. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. But yeah, no, overall, definitely continue watching this. If you like the first season, I think you'll really like this season. It is a little bit more drama for the first half, but it definitely picks up in the second half and gets back to the things that you love if you're not as big into the drama. So um, in general, I think this series has done great. So if you haven't watched the first season, I would definitely say pick up the first season and, and watch the whole thing. Yeah. Sound that sounds good to me. I I do agree. It's a really good one. Yep. Next up on the list, though. So we have yeah we have two left, and I think we're gonna kind of skim over these because we did talk highly about these in our yeah we, annual review. We've right? we've seriously covered these in the annual review, so I don't think there's a whole lot to say. I mean, Mashuko Tensei, great story. I guess my highlights for this season was that. This one was more about, whereas the first season was more about the character's personal growth, this season was more about the character's personal drama and dealing with the fact that, like, he has been a, for his terms and for his age, has been a very successful character in what he's been able to achieve. But now he's trying to kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of go back home uh, after the cataclysm that happened at the end of the first season. And he's kind of running into all these things where it's like the world has changed and it's just never going to be the same way again. And so he's kind of dealing with that fact where, you know, he's still a kid in terms of the world, but he's got to deal with the fact that a lot of things are broken and he can't fix them the way he wants to. So I think that's a very interesting dynamic. I think they've taken it in a good direction. It is obviously a sadder ending than where we ended on the season one of the show, but... I like season two, and I hope they keep making the story because, like we've talked about, the art's amazing, the story's fantastic, the characters are great. Uh, there's a lot to like about this show. So, do you have anything to add? Yeah, no, I mean, I watched some of it. I didn't get to finish it, but I know the story, and there's a lot of highlights for the second part of the story because there is more stressors. I think the first half was just him kind of finding out himself in this new body, finding out his relationships, seeing where he's going to go. And now it's they put all these stressors on him between him meeting um, what's her name, the redhead girl, God, yeah, Eris, yeah. Eris, meeting Eris, and then them getting separated, and then being in a different world, having to deal with that, and then I mean there are kids at the end of the day, as powerful as they can be, there's still kids that have to deal with getting back to their family, and then you have the whole scene and episode where he meets back up with Paul. And then them having to deal with their separation. Yeah. And that's a big episode. I remember watching that. That was one of my highlights of that manga is reading that, um, that episode slash arc and how 
the character. There's a lot of growth in that episode. And I haven't watched that episode. I'm, I'm excited to see that confrontation between Paul um, and, um, gosh, I forgot his... Uh, Rudy. 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 Yeah, Rudy. So there's a lot of big moments in this season. And obviously there's still great action. And um, it hasn't disappointed. It's, it's still one of my favorite things to watch. My buddy at work loves it, and he's excited to watch the second season uh, once it finishes, so he can run through it. So there you go. Um, and last off, we're going to finish off with Ranking of Kings, which started off in this season, but was probably one of our highlights on the year. Once so, it kind of got to the end, I mean, it's still it's going, a long season. It's, a it's still three episodes, so, so it's still going to be going into winter. And I don't know. I've I've been I what. I have a hard time putting into words my like of this story because at the end of the day, it's a pretty basic story. We've seen it before. The things that are interesting to me are kind of the unexpected twists and turns you take, whereas like in a normal story, it's like, oh, this character's going to be evil. And it's like, well, not really. Like, There's a reason that person acts this way. And even though they might look like an evil from a certain perspective, really they're just trying to... Make sure this character doesn't get hurt. Well, or that's something. like build, that, that's what's so good about the story is they build the narrative so well. They build these characters so well for you to feel for them and understand why they're villains or why they do the things they do. They don't just say, "Oh, he's evil because he's evil." Yeah, I'm sure there are characters like that, but the characters that drive the story have a reason to do that, right? Right. They have decisions that they've made that they've written into the story that make them who they are. And you can either agree with them or you can disagree but still say, hey, you know, it makes sense. I understand why he's like this. So yeah, I do enjoy that. That was probably the best part of this series is they didn't do that up front. They kind of – you kind of – they gave you a reason to hate people. They're like, I hate that dude. Why is he that evil? And then they gave you insight yeah. on them, right? And that makes you feel – like you get this sense of like hatred but then you get this sense of ease as you understand like, okay – I understand why you are the way you are. You're still a dick, but I can kind of come to grasp that you were made this way and that adds to the story and I'm hoping that something comes out of it. So the characters are all well made and then for me the art is just great. I love the look, the visuals. It's it's unique and it's fun to watch. And I also like as we've gotten deeper into the story, you know, getting into the thing I think it is a shonen story, but Mm -hmm. as we've touched on I think one of the shonen, shonen trips I get really sick of, and even like over here where it's like, oh, it's okay. I understand why you did that. I forgive you. It's like, no. Nah. These characters are not all about forgiveness and all not all about making friends. It's like, you, I think one of the ones where Bochi, the main character, had to deal with was like, he finally confronted this guy who tried to kill him. And it's like, he trusted him up to that point, And it's just like, Bochi puts on a brave face, but he's like, I can't get over the fact that you tried to murder me. And he has to express that without actually saying anything. Which is another which amazing Which is another, right? um, yeah. Oh, they, well, I mean, they still have uh, Kage there to kind of express sometimes. But when they do so much with so little, right? Because they limit themselves with this main character, Bochi, by not being able to talk or... yeah. Or um, essentially communicate internally. Internally, yeah. There's no internal monologue. Like they could have done that. They could have made it to where he can't physically speak, but he could still have internal monologue. But he doesn't get either. Gets nothing. So you just see his physical face, and most of the time it's him trying to put on a face. 
Yeah. But every now and then you get this break, and it's so good to see, and it's it makes you feel for the character. It makes you want to see him succeed, not just because he is the main character, but because they build him so well. Um, so yeah, I will say the only negative I've had so far is I think the story has not been as fluid after episode eleven. I think maybe. Yeah. Once they introduce the like seven. Uh, like uh, yeah, the mercenaries, evil, evil guys, people that escaped. It felt the like trail. they didn't really know what they were doing, and I'm sure they'll. Uh, the way they wrote the first half, I really doubt that they don't know what they're doing. But as the audience, I just feel a little bit off track. It just doesn't feel like they're in the same it's, direction. Yeah. And I thought that when they introduced these new seven villains, I thought that was a good stopping point for them to take a break and come back, which they kind of did for a few weeks, but. I, I meant like a season, like like hey, take a, a season off and come back. But it's actually continuing, so we'll see. Well, I'm starting to get back into it, mainly because though it gives them an excuse to introduce all the like the Hell King, who just seems like you know when we first saw him, we were like, this is another one of those characters where it's like, oh, you're kind of a dick. But then it's like at the same time, because he shuts down Boji from being able to train. But then it's like, well, you're kind of right though. And then I loved, he shows up and some guy threatens to fight him and is like going through all these strategies of like, and I'll do this, and he'll do this, and I'll do this, and I'll, he'll do this. So the guy charges the king and the king just kicks him in the crotch. He's just like, yeah, okay, that was fun. All right. Yeah, no, that guy's funny. He actually reminds me of a One Piece, of, of a one piece character. I feel like he would like do well in a One Piece story just because yeah. he's so, he's, A, he's drawn weirdly. He has like a weird yeah, uh, he's face. Yeah, right? he's got the weird face. Um, and then he's so eccentric, so... I'm excited to see him, and it's funny that his brother is so... I mean, he's also eccentric, but in a different way. It could, like, the totally opposite direction. Right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all the characters are intriguing. I, I've really enjoyed the characters. Um, even, the villains, I feel like maybe they'll get more time to flesh them out. The seven villains, or, the, like, again, those are the only ones that I'm just like, why? Well, what I think, are you? I think the main what one is... What are you is, doing? Yeah, I think the main one is Miranjo, and we still don't fully understand her reasoning, even though we've got a pretty good idea. We have an idea that she obviously has had an upbringing that isn't ideal. Again, yeah. it, they give you the they give you a reason as to well, what, not why yet, but they give you a reason that she she's just not evil to be evil. Yeah, right? she had some bad stuff go right. down. So, so but yeah, I, a lot to look forward to for that one. For sure. I definitely got some high expectations, so we'll see where it goes. But uh, that's our wrap up. I think. We're pretty happy overall with yeah, this season. It was a good I season. I mean, we didn't have a whole lot that we didn't recommend. Um, yeah, I wasn't off put by a lot. Again, it was. I think there was so much I couldn't finish a lot of things that I I wanted to. Um, but there was a lot to recommend. I'll, the big surprise was Ranking of Kings to see how great it was. Um, and the the biggest not surprise is how consistent Demon Slayer, Mushuko Tensei, and Eighty Sixers are. So, okay. Well, there you go. Um, now we're getting into our manga. We just skipped it last week, so getting into our manga of the week recap. Um, it's been a while, but we're talking about Song of the Nightwalkers. There you go. All right. Because I was just going to call it, yeah, the uh, story of the Nightwalkers, but apparently it's been the title's been translated in a lot of different ways. That's what I read it as, both places that I read it at. Okay, so we're going to call it Song of the Nightwalkers. So this is a story um, written by the same guy who did uh, the candy anime. Uh, I can't the remember. The lollipop one? Yeah. The dude with the huge-ass lollipop? <laughs> it's, no, I don't think... What are you talking There's about? There's a guy who has like a superpower to like create lollipops. What, what was that? No, no, no. no. This up, no. The one about this kid who owns a candy store and then like the female daughter... <laughs> 
don't know why I said female daughter. The daughter of like some big candy conglomerate tries to marry him, but I, I can't remember what the name of that story is. It was another manga, and it did have an anime run. Oh, okay. But uh, this is a, another one, and it's going to be an upcoming anime adaptation, and it's basically about a guy who can't... Wait, this one's getting an anime adaptation? Yeah. Oh, sweet. But basically it's about a guy who can't go to sleep and stumbles across a vampire girl. who He doesn't realize she's a vampire, which... He re- he realizes pretty quickly, but I yeah, don't it's think the he first realized. chapter you he, realize. He realizes at the start of the second chapter, but yeah, I think yeah. It, yeah, I don't know how you don't immediately be like, yes, this flying girl is a vampire. But anyway, yeah, um, I will say I, I I know you told me what it was about, but I had forgotten, so I was surprised. I wasn't even thinking that's what they were going down the road as. I thought she was just a weird lady. Yeah, but yeah, it it literally is that, but it is it, it it's an it's a story of essentially about the character's relationships and the character himself coming to terms with what he wants to do because he ends up making a mission of himself to want to become a vampire and there's certain things that he has to do to become a vampire, a.k.a. Yeah. just get the girl to fall in fall love, in love with him. Yeah. But it's, it's cool to see the internal turmoil or his inner monologue of deciding on what to do because he's kind of given up on everyday life. Um, he's kind of given up on going to class. He's kind of yeah. given up on his, his his friends and family, really, which is kind of sad. But I guess he finds joy in finding something that he wants to do for once, and that's become a vampire. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if it's yeah. And I, I you know I haven't read as far into the story as some of the other ones. I keep reading the first few chapters, and I like it because it's kind of that theme of like I don't the teenage angsty kind of theme of like. I don't know what I want to do with yeah, that. Yeah, I just for sure. I just know that I'm not comfortable going to school and doing the same not stuff. Not happy doing this, right? Yeah. So he tries something different, and walking around at night helps him find it's, peace. It's so yeah. minimal. It's such a basic idea, right? Just going out and seeing. And he even says it like going out at night gives you a different perspective on things. Right, because right. he's not doing it initially to become a vampire. He's no, just doing it. He's to just doing it. To walk to around. Do something else. Yeah. And it is, it is nice because we can all relate to that. We've all been in ruts where it's just like, what am I doing? I feel like I'm spinning wheels. And sometimes it's nice just to do something different to get a different perspective. So yeah. that I automatically related to and it helped me gravitate towards the story. So that's good. And then the premise is actually pretty interesting because the girl, the vampire girl, she's actually pretty funny because she's a little bit lewd because she talks about like sexual things because she like – makes a contrast or a comparison to constantly sucking blood to being kind of a sexual yeah, act. Yeah, it's like... But also eating, which that. makes sense because I think we all look at the vampire well, kind of situation of like sucking someone's neck as a somewhat sexual <laughs> thing. Dude, it always makes me think of that joke from, uh, gosh, the what we do in the shadows. It's like, why do you only drink the blood of virgins? Well, it's like... <laughs> do you want to eat a sandwich? That someone's had sex with. Like, But yeah, no, I love that she makes that comparison. She kind of comes back to... You know the food, the food analogy, and the uh, yeah, the but also the romance analogy. And she is a little eccentric because of how long she's been around. But I think part of the lewdness is she kind of wants to get a grasp of like 
not necessarily because she wants to scare the kid off, but she wants to get a grasp of like how serious about this are you? Because like, that's true. I've lived this life. It's she not. Can it's not scare a, him off. Anybody who's not interested. Yeah, in it's like it's not an easy one to live. Yeah. How serious are you about doing this? Because you're going to be like this for the rest of eternity. That's true. So and I, maybe that's that's the funny thing. Like, and I haven't read enough to know. But it's so easy when you're a teenager to be like, yeah, I want to do that for the rest of my life. It's like you don't know the the, the ramifications. The, the ramifications, the gravity of the situation. And maybe she didn't choose to be a vampire. We don't know. I don't know her story yet. So, yeah. you know, maybe that gets into it. Maybe it's not that deep. Who knows? But so far, I've enjoyed it. I I would love to see this as an anime just because this is a very, like, real chill kind of anime. It doesn't seem to have a lot going on, and a lot of it's just character interactions, especially mm-hmm. because they brought in another character into the vampire, like, no, uh, his, his friend, his, his friend from, like, school. Yeah, from school. Like, she she was brought in pretty early. I'm well, glad she's, they did that. She's clearly doing it because he's, like, not there anymore. So, yeah, she's following him around. Yeah, basically. she's following him, and she's like, oh, so you're a vampire. So, it's actually very interesting. I Actually, this is one of the, my favorite ones that you've recommended, and uh, I'll definitely keep reading and look forward to the anime adaptation. Yeah. I, I'd definitely say check this one out. I mean, it's like I said, it's got an anime, so... If you want to wait, I think it's coming out later this year, but I'm not sure about the exact timeline. But uh, no, I mean, it's a great manga. I think it's up to 80 chapters or so, so give it a... No, dude, I think it's up to like 100 and something. Is it really? Okay. Well, yeah, but give it a look if you want. It's a really good story. Um, Next up, this one does not... This recommendation for the next time we record does not have 100 chapters because this story got canceled very early, which is a shame because it's... One of my favorite, it's one of my favorite cutesy kind of stories, but it is called Criminal with an exclamation point on the end. Criminal with an E on the end? Criminal with an E and then an exclamation point. It's criminale. The, the exclamation point is very important, apparently. Okay, okay. But anyway, so this is a story basically about a guy who just for whatever reason, the main character attracts criminals. Like, people are always trying to kidnap him. People are always trying to attack him. <laughs> do, yeah, do lewd things to him on the street. Very, very funny but, basis. Yeah, so he gets picked up by this principal who is essentially create, creating a class of criminals to try and reform them. I guess because he's suspected because he's always around criminals. So, and then it's basically just a slice of life with all these crazy criminal people who are like, you know... You've got your, you know, cyber hacker. Ex-Yakuza boss. You've got your assassin. You've got your Yakuza boss. You've got, you do have a Yakuza, not the boss, but like the son of the boss. You've got the uh, stalker. You've got the pervert, like the... Interesting. You've got a pyromaniac. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of uh, characters. But anyway, it's, a, it's a, actually a cute, fun story that... Um, I, I don't know. It had no right being as fun as it ended up being, but I, I really enjoy it. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. Uh, you don't have to read the whole thing, but it is only about 26 chapters. Oh, sure. So it, right. so it got wrapped up pretty we'll fast. We'll check it out. Anyway. Sounds good. And I think that's going to wrap us up for the day. Uh, we're going to have to go because football awaits us. But uh, thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. Shoot us an email at raleighanime at gmail.com if you got any questions or requests. Um, yeah, let us know. And we'll be back with a different topic next time and uh, look forward to the start of winter 2022. All right. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good one. Later.